Good evening. It's, it's another podcast from Reverend G. Chris Brown, G. Chris Brown, and I made this podcast today. It's just expressing my personal sentiments on my love of preaching. And uh, I can recall and I can remember as a young kid growing up in Oklahoma City to start my journey. And I remember, as I always reference my late pastor, uh, Reverend Dr. Aglin Woodbury, and how watching him and observing him uh, made me love preaching, how he would preach his passion, his fire, his tenacity. And it's hooping. All of that, you know, brought a love affair to me about preaching him. And then also um, my uh, my family, my cousin, who I call uncle, uh, Pastor Ricky D. Turner, who pastors the Oak Ridge Missionary Baptist Church in Kansas City, Kansas. And just, you know, anybody that knows me, even as a kid, I've always admired Uncle Ricky, look up to Uncle Ricky, always ran, after, ran to Uncle Ricky, you know, um, in him as well. You know, I've always been inspired by them, always, always has been changed by them. You know, they've always helped me and I just always have looked up to them as it pertains to preaching. And then, you know, when I was growing up most of my life in Texas, I was a member for the majority of my time in Texas at Pilgrim Rest Baptist Church under um, Reverend Dr. Curtis W. Wallace who is a great preacher as well. And just those three guys, particularly, you know, just growing up, always made a resounding impact on my life as it pertained to my love of preaching. I can remember, you know, being at Pilgrim Rest, I would always, you know, watch um, CW, but not just watch Pastor Wallace, but also just, I could always remember, you know, saying these different things I wanted to do with my life, whether it be, an athlete, a stockbroker, but I can always remember, I've always looked in that pulpit and just look at the chairs and just, you know, look at, you know, the podium, the pulpit, the microphone, and then I can always just remember in my heart and my spirit, that's where I was really going to be. And even as a kid, you know, when I would go home after church, I would always mock, you know, A. Glenn or uh, C.W. Wallace. I would have a little desk. I made my pulpit. I'd have a chair. Um, I would have my little robe and use a pencil as a microphone. And I would just preach. And then I would just hoop and tune. All of that. <laughs> because I watched those I watched those guys growing up. You know, I just watched how God used them. I watched how God used them, you know, when things were good and when things were not so good. So they brought a love affair to me about preaching um and i've watched uh, so many guys over the years whether it's pop reed uh teron gaddish jeff mitchell lee cooper i mean the list can go on and on and on about great guys in my past now um ew bryant willie smith the, the names can go on and on you know those who i've admired who i've had close connections to those who i admire from afar like a William Curtis, guys like that. And so preaching for me has always been something that's been very important to me. And it's I love preaching. I love being able, anytime God decides to use me, 
I love being able just to go to that pulpit and be able to preach. I love being able to be a herald for God's word. You know, I love being able to have been invited by so many pastors. You know, every pastor that's ever invited me to preach, as I always say, I just thank you so much because I know you didn't have to, but because you have, um, you've invested in me and you've given me an opportunity to grow in my gift and I just thank you all so much and like I said even as a young kid I love preaching you know I love preaching I love being able to look at a text to expound upon a text to prepare a text and I love just to get happy in the preaching process you know there are times when it, just in the preaching moment, I get happy and just start hollering, start celebrating, start shouting because I just love being able to use this gift, this calling that God has given me. And I remember when I was 17 years old at Southwest High School in Fort Worth, Texas, um, I never will forget the day I got the call. I was sitting down. It was before school started, and I and I had no, I knew something was different that day. I didn't know what it was, but something just felt different in my spirit that day. Um, I remember a couple of days before, I had gotten bad news about, you know, I didn't pass my um, science tax test, so I wouldn't be able to graduate um, on time. And you know, it took me a whole another two years even before I was able to actually get my high school diploma. Even though I was able to take college courses, but still took me a couple of years because I still needed that diploma and pass that tax test. But I remember sitting there, and when I was sitting there, I can recall to this day, I was sitting down. Then all of a sudden, I mean, my eyes were closed. It was just like I was just in a deep meditation. Then a rush came over me that I had never felt before, and it scared me. I mean, it gave me anxiety because I didn't know what this was. So this rush came over me, and then that whole day, I couldn't even really focus on schoolwork. I really wasn't paying attention to my friends or none of that because I know that there's something happened to me that day that has changed my life for the good, that's changed my life for the better. And so I went home. Still didn't tell anybody, but I went home and then it was just amazing that just immediately it's like God started just using me as a mouthpiece. And I think, you know, C.L. Franklin said in his book, um, Singing in a Strange Land, he told the author about how when he started to get the call, how he would be out in the field and he would just start preaching anywhere he went. He would just start preaching. And so that's what happened to me is that after a while, I just started preaching. Uh, You know, I was just at home when I would start preaching. I was in the shower and I started preaching. And then I would read my Bible and I would take even my Bible time even seriously, more serious. And then there'll be times I just read the Bible. I just just start writing out, you know, different sermon titles, um, writing out different thoughts and methods and there would be times I would just take my wherever I was going whether it was my mom somewhere I would just take my bible with me and I was highlighting it and just writing out different things I can remember she would give me a look like what was I doing and she would look at my bible and I would just and I would just kind of kept it quiet because I was just writing out different things like that so I got the call in 2008 uh, when I was 17 years old I didn't acknowledge it to 2010 around August So it was that two-year period when I didn't acknowledge it. And I knew it was only, you know, I had had also dealt, you know, with some um, depression during that time. Uh, I dealt with some pressure because 
you know, I didn't acknowledge it because I didn't want to be criticized or I didn't want to be, you know, judged, not just by my peers, but, you know, my immediate family. You know, there were times where I didn't feel like I could open up to them because, you know, whether it was my whether it was my mom or my dad, there were times I feel like I couldn't necessarily open up to them all the time because of just that fear of you know them talking down or them that fear or of them not necessarily being supportive there them not necessarily being encouraging to me so i kept it quiet you know then there you know and then around that time is when i had um thought i was gonna move back to oklahoma the first time for college and and see i had it in my mindset in my uh, plans that i would uh acknowledge it when i moved back to oklahoma city and you know, rejoin Mount Olive and under uh, Pastor Woodbury and acknowledge it then, but God had a different plan. But th- that two-year window bef- between me ex- accepting and fi- acknowledging, accepting and finally acknowledging, you know, it was, you know, trying to find a different direction, but I knew God had led me to preach. I knew God had called me to preach. And you know, it was just something that would eat at me every day. It would just constantly eat at me. So I finally just yielded, you know, and I'll never forget one night. Uh, I had to go make a run for my mom, go to Brahms, get some milk and orange juice. And I was crying the whole way there and I was crying the whole way back. And then I had I, by the time I got back home that night, I was just in my car. I was crying. I said, OK, God, I'm going to do it. You know, because like I said, it was eating at me. I knew what I was called to do. I and you know, you know, I tried to cover it up with distraction. I tried to do this and do that, knowing that wouldn't bring me any real fulfillment, knowing that wouldn't bring me any real joy, any real satisfaction. But I knew what God had called me to do. And I just said, you know, I'm gonna acknowledge it. I'm not gonna let fear, I'm not gonna let any type of comments, thoughts, any of that get in my way anymore. I'm going to acknowledge this call. So it was one day after church, at the 8 o'clock service at Pilgrim Rest, I told uh, I told Pop CW, I said, I'm ready to announce my call to the ministry. And he said, what you talking? And I said, yes, sir, I'm ready to acknowledge my call to the ministry. So I had to make a call to uh, his secretary at the time, who's still secretary, our sister Tanya Dunlap, and scheduled an appointment. So I scheduled an appointment with him, drove there. I was nervous because I didn't know what to expect, but I talked to him about it. Um, he gave me some books to read. He talked to me, and then he prayed for me. And, you know, he allowed me, he called me up to the pulpit for at least like a month, a couple of months, just let me sit there, get, uh, get acclimated, he let me do a couple of altar prayers. And then the day came. November 28, 2010, at the 8 a.m. at the 8 a.m. service at Pilgrim Rest Baptist Church. Never forget it. Um, I was wearing a black and white pinstripe suit, had a pink shirt with the white collar, had a pink pink tie with the black squares on it. Uh, Dad drove me to church that day. I had worked on that sermon all week. Um, you know, and I remember even though walk, working through it, I, I just felt God's anointing. I felt God's presence just all on me. Um, and you know, and then of course, like I said, you know, when you're, when you're, when you know what you're supposed to do, when you know what God is putting you and then still there was some side comments, you know, from, from family, but you know, I, I ignored that. I chose, I chose to block that out. Cause I'm like, you know, y'all don't know what God has put in me. 
So I never will forget that Sunday, you know, grandma came down from Oklahoma City. Um, I preached John 10, verse 25 to 28. I titled it, I Know Who I Am. And uh, C.W., he had stepped out the pulpit and sat in the front row. He And he had his pen and his paper. He was just looking at me and uh, taking notes. Of course, that was nervous, nerve-wracking as well. I was nervous the whole time I preached. But it was just a blessing being able to preach and being able to finally walk into my gift, walk into my calling. And it was a great time. It was a great day. It was a great experience. Then, you know, I preached again in May the next year. Um, but I'm grateful, and I say it all the time, I'm grateful that when I really wanted to preach, you know, during those, because I'd seen others, you know, they preached the first time, and they started preaching all these other places. So, of course, I crave that as well. But I'm glad I didn't and that God really let me develop because I would have, in my opinion, and I know I would have hurt myself because a lot of the sermons that I had worked on back then, it was good thoughts and I had enjoyed working on, but I didn't give the text its due justice. I didn't give the text the proper care. I didn't give the text the proper attention. I didn't spend enough time with my text because I was just so ready to get to the close. And so I'm glad God didn't didn't let me preach when I wanted to, you know, during those early years, because I really would have hurt myself. And so and I can also remember there was a time, you know, when I moved back to Oklahoma City 2011, I had preached a couple of Sundays at Wildwood. And then, you know, after that, for like seemed like a whole really year. Um, I was barely preaching, maybe once, twice, and I was really kind of discouraged. You know, I had been writing, I had been preparing, you know, I had been hearing, you know, you know, preparing God to make room for you. And so in there in that time I was preparing and I was just like, well, what's going to, why am I preaching? But I'm even glad for those times as well that, and I think that's the best thing, you know, when you're not preaching you still need to work on your preaching, you know, work on sermons, work on crafting. And as so many have told me, you know, you need to listen to preaching, read books. So it, it helped me so much, even though I was mad, but it was actually the best thing for me to have that time to where I could really grow and really start to grow, really start to develop, really start to come into my own style. You know, and, you know, different pre- preachers have different styles. And of course, you know, um, that that really helped me. And then you know, now I look back on it. That's why I preach when I'm, I'm grateful for every assignment I get. And I, I give it all that I have because it's a gift from God. It's a love affection that I have. But I also remember, you know, the dry those seasons when I wasn't preaching. At all. I also remember, you know, wanting to just walk away, but I couldn't walk away. And like, that's why I love preaching. You know, I love to study the the preaching. I love to read about preaching because preaching means the world to me. It means so much to me that God would choose me to be able to proclaim, to be able to make an impact, to, to be able to bring the lost to Christ, to be able to build myself up first, grow me first, and then to help grow others, help build up other people. So I thank God every day that he calls me to preach. I thank God every day that he allows me to preach his word because it's his word, especially for his glory. It's, it's, it, it just is. It, it's priceless. 
And I think I think about to some of those people who when they have been blessed to be able to do something, how they just give it their all. Some of my biggest encouragements for me are like Kobe Bryant, just the way he took basketball so seriously, you know, his love affection, how he tells so many stories about how, you know, he was always in the gym, how he was always trying to get better, how he was always just focusing on every detail to get better or watching stories about Jerry Rice, how even after winning Super Bowls, even after being so successful, Jerry Rice was already getting ready for the next season. He was already on the field. You know, when he had to transition from Joe Montana to Steve Young, you know, he was used to a right-handed quarterback. But then when Steve Young came into the picture, you know, he wasn't comfortable. So there was a team, a person that was part of the team, a team trainer, I believe, who was left-handed. So Jerry Rice had this guy throw him at least a thousand balls from the left-hand position so he could have his timing, his rhythm down to be able to catch them from Steve Young. Stories like that have impacted me as a preacher to be able to say, you know, always study, always prepare. There's always something you can do to be better. There's always something you can do to grow. There's always something, you know, whether it's a class, whether it's, you know, reading, whether it's going to seminary, whether it's, um, if you know, listening to lectures on preaching, listening to seminary classes, you know, on different podcasts, whatever you can do to grow in preaching is what, you know, you have to do. And for me, it's that love affection that I have, you know, with preaching because I to, I'm grateful that God allowed me. I'm grateful that I've been blessed to preach in you know, wherever I've been blessed to preach, I'm grateful. And I've been I've been able to preach in some churches to where, you know, they're well known. You know, they're well respected. They're well admired. And just to just to be able to have had that opportunity even means the world to me. So I, I, I thank God that he uses me to preach the gospel. It's nothing like preaching the gospel. You know, and I thank God how he's used me to preach in good times, but how he really used me to preach in some hard times and grew me as a preacher from those hard times, from those hard um, experiences, whether it was at the hard breakup preaching that Sunday, you know, whether it was, you know, just getting different attacks, but still preaching, whether it was smiling while preaching, whether it was crying by preaching, whether it was, you know, calm, whether it was anxious, whatever experience it God has still been so good and so kind to allow me the opportunity to preach his word. And I know that, you know, I don't deserve it. I know I'm unworthy, undeserving, but I'm so glad he has let those drops follow me to be able to stand behind his pulpit and to be able to share my convictions about Jesus Christ. It's such a great feeling to be able to preach it. And it's not just something that, you know, I just talk and say, I love, I really do. You know, I put it into action because, you know, it's, it's amazing when God uses you just to get a text, open up the Bible, first study the Bible, grow your own personal devotion. And when you grow in your own personal devotion, it even helps your preaching. The more it helps you grow continuously as a preacher and just to be able to see how the Lord, you know, uses me, uses my mind in a text and just show me different things. I thank God for that. I thank God that he's allowed me and he is allowing me to, you know, be comfortable with who I am as a preacher, be comfortable in my own skin, be comfortable 
with my own voice be comfortable to be able to just to just be able to to just be able to you know share the word it's, it's so cool it's so blessed it's such a blessing it's amazing to be able to do that it really is amazing to be able to preach the gospel you know like i said i mean and i look up to so many guys you know i love listening to like cl franklin's the uh, leo daniels just how they just gave it their all every time and then when i hear stories about you know so many great preachers who came on the scene who God has called home but you but when you hear their names when you when when people start talking about them and they just talk about what kind of preacher this person was and how his preaching saved my life how his preaching changed my life that motivates me and inspires me in such a way to where that's what that's my goal is to be that kind of a preacher to where you know they can say this this part this preacher helped me you know, and I love to hear those stories about some of the legends. You know, that's what I said. That's why I appreciate so much about Oklahoma City. That's why I appreciate so much about being back home. And I appreciate the, the preaching tradition that has been installed here. You know, I mean, the list goes down from, you know, the W. Perry's, the J.D. Provo's, the C.C. Cooper's, the W.K. Jackson's, uh, E.R. Neal, E.E. Booker, Eric Mays, T.H. Hubbard, um, S.S. Fairley, like I said, Pop Reed, you know, you got Michael McDaniel, you got um, Orlando Black, you had John Mayshack, you have, um, <clears throat> you have so many, so many in Oklahoma City that have been that have meant so much to preaching and I'm just grateful that God helped me that God allowed me to come back home and just to be a part of that next group you know because we have like I said Teron Gaddis Uncle G we have we have so many great ones now to where we can just learn from them and study and see how they apply text see how God uses them to where that inspires us to be able to do the exact same thing and I'm grateful for that. That's why I love preaching so much and watching all of these preachers and watching how they take that moment seriously has helped me. That's why I take the moment seriously, because I've watched them. I've seen them. You know, I've, I've been in the study with some of these guys. I've had them talk to me personally and tell me what to do, tell me what not to do, tell me how to grow. You know, tell, tell me these things. And so that's why it just pushes me to be the best preacher I can be. And so, yeah, I, I, I love it. You know, you, we have, uh, you know, Kelly, Pastor Kelly Booker. You know, it's just so many. The list goes on and on. And I just thank God for, you know, the, the ability to be able to preach, the ability to be able just to continue to be used by him. And it's a blessing, you know, it's a blessing. It's a blessing. And that's why, like I said, you know, I give him my all. That's why I like that verse um, so much in Ephesians 3, 7. said, I was made a servant of this God. I was made a servant. That's important. That's special. You know, we were made servants. You know, like I said, uh, and then you, you, you just... And then to listen to various preaching and how 
how this person, how God uses this person with this particular style, this person with his particular style, you know, the scholarly, the narrative, it's just, to me, I soak it all in because it's so much you can learn, you know, like from a Ray Douglas, from a Bill Caldwell, from a Rodney Payne, from a Pop Jemison, uh, from a Arthur Rainey, you know, it's so much you can learn, like from all the preachers, so preaching means so much to me. And I am thankful, Lord, every day that you allow me to preach, that you allow me to write a sermon, that you allow me to study the sermon, that you allow me to let this sermon speak life into me. You know, there have been sermons I've written to where I I needed to hear it. I needed to see it because I was going through, but it helped me to go on. You know, and you know, this when this, the sermon always hit the preacher before it hits the congregation, and it's true what they say. You know, preachers, you know, have to preach to themselves. You know, like I said, I, I've had other mentors throughout the country who have helped me. Uh, Keith Witherspoon, uh, Delmas Gillis, uh, R- Reggie Reed, um, and others. You know, so I thank God for the ability. To be able to preach the word. So if I, I just pray, Lord, just continue to use me to preach your gospel. Thank you, God, for just using me to preach the word. It means, like I said, it means so much to me, and I'm so grateful. So that's all I wanted to come on and say. Just talk about my my love of my love with preaching. Um, just how preaching has helped me, impacted me, and how I'm just dedicated to be the best preacher I can be. That's all I want to say. Father, thank you for this this podcast. Thank you for the ability to preach. Thank you that we're able to preach about your son, Jesus Christ, who died for our sins. Father, thank you that he got up early on Sunday morning. Thank you, Lord, that you didn't have to call us, but you did call us to this sacred gospel. Now, Father, we pray that you can always uh, grow in our preaching, that we always take our preaching seriously. Father, we just say thank you that you use us, that you give us that strength to continue to preach, that continue to teach, to continue to fight the good fight. Father, continue to use us now, Father, for your glory, for your honor, for your purpose. And we'll give your name the glory, the honor, and the praise. It's in the name of your son, Jesus, we pray and we ask it all. Amen.